This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligan's website. Two, two, the line shot down the left field line. That ball is gone! And the Rays win it! A line drive home run by Evan Longoria. And the Rays storm the field. It's an 8-7 final on Longoria's second home run of the night. (laughs) And moments after... Baltimore comes back to beat the Red Sox. The Rays win it on the home run by Longoria. And there's some celebrating going on here. How about that for a finish? You have got to be kidding me. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. We wish you the merriest, the merriest. The Marius, yes, the Marius. This is Moose's Mulligans, here with episode 32. Thanks for tuning in on either iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or Pippa. Yeah, sure. For this Friday holiday edition episode, I wanted to take the episode to talk about the MLB offseason. But the first thing I really wanted to do was to bring up something that was bothering me about this offseason. And that's the way that Miami has been reacting to Derek Jeter. I know. This fan base should be absolutely thrilled that any owner took on the crap storm that is the Miami Marlins organization. Oh, here we go. They did have a good outfield, but let's really look at this. This team was spending money they didn't really have and was looking real promising with their young, talented outfield and their young ace, Jose Fernandez, who uh, sadly passed away when Jose Fernandez passed the team just didn't really have the pitching or the depth in the farm system to really truly build for the future so Derek Jeter came in and he got rid of the contracts that the organization couldn't afford especially with paying for the new stadium and he collected as much young prospects as possible which is great that's building for the future now it's going to be a tough two to three years for this team that's almost for sure But for the first time in a long time, this team is starting to go in the right direction. And their fans, who don't attend a lot of games, by the way, which is another issue I have with this. These fans should be patient, realize this is the only possible way of sustaining a baseball franchise in Florida. Since they got a new stadium there, they can't really leave. And these fans need to show up more for this team if they want to have a say in what's going on. Same thing goes out to Tampa Bay. The Rays should just get out of there. They uh, definitely need a new stadium, and that fan base just does not turn out. Evan Longoria is suddenly going to have 40,000 people at every game in San Francisco instead of 15,000 at the Trop, and just crappy stadium. And these fans get mad about the Evan Longoria trade. It's like, you're not turning out anyway. What, What do we care if you're mad? I mean, they get angry about a team rebuild of a team that should be rebuilding and a team they don't even support. Let's just move the Rays to Vegas. I mean, the A's don't seem like they want to go. Move Montreal, those guys, those they really want a team more than Tampa Bay. That's pretty much it for you, isn't it? I mean, you might as well pack it in. Game over. Now, before I get way off topic, MLB Talks mean I'm happy to once again bring on Mark Burquist. Hey, Mark. Hey, Alex. Glad to be on the show again. Love it. So now this offseason, we've been talking about it's been very slow moving. 
whether it was Shoei Otani coming from Japan or the Giancarlo Stanton Marcel Azuna trade rumors. The point is that free agency has it still has a lot of players out there right now. How have you felt about this offseason to this point? It's been it's been relatively boring. Yeah, damn right. Uh, I, I think most of that is from all 30 teams kind of being in on Shohei Otani and seeing where they could be. And that took up about six weeks. And so now we're, we're kind of starting to see see the offseason heat up. Uh, what we thought we were going to see in, at the beginning is, is starting to now, now happen, uh, thanks to the winter meetings. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see where this goes, and we can talk about this later. But uh, the hot stove is heating up, Alex. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I think we're about to love it. We're like, it's right on that edge of the teams are really taking it. I think analytics more into the decisions lately too. They're a little more hesitant yeah. to give that five-year contract. So we've seen teams yeah. get handcuffed to it, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But mm-hmm. uh, first, though, I want to ask you what you think's uh, been the best move so far this offseason. Ooh, that's that's a hard one. I, the, the, the easy answer is probably Stan, John Carlos Stanton to the Yankees uh, to give them probably one of the best. Four combinations we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, it's really scary. Um, obviously, the Angels getting Shohei Otani is, is a very nice one. Now we get the best baseball player from overseas. Now with the best baseball player in America. So that's going to be fun. There's been a lot of good ones, and I know there's going to be better ones here coming soon, too. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think we've talked about how the Yankees have saved money taking Stanton, and it's kind of like a cheaper Harper next year, but he's not Bryce Harper, so but I don't want to get into too many details. I'm actually going to surprise people a little bit. I'm, I'm going to say Yonder Alonso to the Indians right now because there haven't been that many moves. Good for you. And I think it was, Sneaky. I think it was a great Sneaky. Cheap, yeah, cheap pickup because they've got one year left on Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. And yeah. they're trying to win now, and they still have money to go out and re-sign Jay Bruce possibly, maybe get a bat from uh, somewhere else. Like, I always love Lorenzo Cain. I can't believe nobody's picked him up yet. But mm-hmm. it, it's just interesting that they could even go out and add a fifth starter if they wanted. So I think they did a good job of keeping the flexibility while filling a hole. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know we have to go the other way now and look at the worst. What do you think has been the worst decision so far by a club this offseason? This one, because – this one felt really out of nowhere, and that's Carlos Santana signing with the Phillies. Because where are we? Where are the Phillies playing him? Yeah, exactly. Have, Rice Hoskins was pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, what were... you have Hoskins at first, and if if you don't have him, then you have Tommy Joseph that can that can play there. You're not going to catch Carlos Santana, are you? You don't need to because you got you I got hope not. Uh, I, I Jorge Al, you got Jorge Alfaro and. Andrew Knapp. Well, they can ask. So you don't need to catch him either. Carlo, they can ask Indians about catching Carlos Santana. Oh, it was just it, it felt so out of the ballpark, and it's for three years. I don't think the Phillies are going to contend in three years. And uh, he, to be honest with you, I think, um, he's, and he's past his prime. He's 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 thirty one, going on thirty two years old. That was an interesting interesting yeah, sign. Great on base guy, but that's about all he can do is get on base at a very high rate and. Like for for a young team that the Phillies are signing a guy that's probably three or four years older than the next highest guy. Yeah, but uh, it, it was just a little a little out there for me. Now I'll uh, agree with you on that. I think that was the the weirdest and kind of didn't make sense move. And then yeah. we, we can also talk about teams that didn't make a move, which I'm obviously going to bring up the Baltimore Orioles because they're they they're finally eating. 
what what I'm trying to, they didn't trade Zach Britton at the deadline and they mm-hmm. missed their chance on that one. Now he's yeah. gone six to eight months after an off season injury. So not only they get nothing for him, they get nothing from him, and he's yeah, on a contract it, year. It really feels like ever since Buck Walter did not bring him in in that wild card game, his... <laughs> they've been haunted. Yeah, yeah, it, like it's just incredible. The the other factor we didn't I didn't really think about at first is now everyone knows the Orioles are pretty much out of it, and that means yeah. Manny Machado is less value because they're not going to re-sign him next year anyway. Yeah, so. It, it, but he does get higher value because he can play shortstop, which is a very premium position, which we all know. Um, you know, outside of the outside of Seager, um, Correa, and Lindor, I mean, yeah, I, I would put Manny Machado up there with them. I'm putting Didi Gregorius up there now too. He's really he's really shown oh, that he can hit for power. He's coming too. up. Yeah. Now. What I love is that they've been so hesitant on trading their players, and one of the only players that I can remember them trading that was who was struggling, even though he was a big prospect, was Jake Arrieta. So I just mm-hmm. love how it's all coming back at the Orioles, and now they're handcuffed yeah. for the year. So they wanted to keep their team together. That's what they were always saying about not trading anybody. Well, you got it now. Let's see if you're happy with it. Another team that I'm surprised that hasn't really made a move yet. Especially after the Yankees getting Stanton. You said the Red Sox, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 The the biggest move they've made this year is re-signing Mitch Moreland to your contract. Yeah, uh, which Mitch means Moreland. they're out on Hosmer, uh, more than likely. More than likely, unless they're trying to get Hanley to leave on purpose for the at Yeah. But so, now, the only person there, uh, I can only imagine that they have to sign J.D. Martinez or else... That's there's, going to become a fire sale pretty quick. Yeah, there's going to be hell to pay if they don't sign a J.D. Martinez or that they still tried to bring in Eric Hosmer somehow or trade for a... I don't know if they could even be in the running for Josh Donaldson. Their minor league system's starting to get depleted a little bit. Yeah, it, it, once they traded all of them to to Chicago yeah, for, for Chris Sale, it's just it, their system is gone now. Yeah, it starts to build up after a while. It's all up there, so they kind of have to have a win now approach. I would, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it's it's just surprising because especially with the whole you know trying to revive the rivalry with the Yankees, you'd think that you know they'd try to one up uh, the Yankees getting sent, and then there's some Manny more Ramirez news on the Yankees. The yeah, we're we're waiting for that Manny Ramirez signing coming over from Cleveland. You know? But I'm thinking that rivalry is going to get reborn between the Red Sox and Yankees, whether they like it or not. And if the Red Sox don't go out and get that signing and they don't win the division from the Yankees, there's going to be hell to pay. I know you as a Red Sox fan think that for sure. You bet. Uh, it's been a long time since since uh, I had to deal with that, and I really don't want to deal with it again. So, <laughs> All right, before we get heated here, yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about the – there was a trade also between Adrian Gonzalez, Scott Casimir – and others, victims, I call them, for Matt Kemp. And the Braves and Dodgers did this to clear payroll, basically. One for this year, one for next year. The Braves are clearing for next year with a big free agent market. So this is the first real pure dump of salary trade we've ever seen. So I just want to know what your thoughts were on that. So this kind of feels like these trades that we're seeing, that you see in the NBA, where big contract guy who doesn't play well anymore uh, is always hurt for, for another guy who isn't playing well but has a high contract. Uh, we're starting to get to those, you know, those NBA type trades, um, and it's it's due to the luxury tax. Um, the the penalties uh, brought on by the new CBA are a little bit harsher than they have in years past. Uh, if you go over 
the luxury tax, uh, I believe your draft pick, your highest draft pick falls 10 spots, uh, unless it is a top 10 pick, then it is your second or your next highest pick falls 10 spots. And then at like 20% over your payroll, over the luxury tax, 30%, 50%, you have to pay the overage fee to MLB. And I think teams are starting to not want to have to deal with that anymore. Right. We've seen a lot, I, I think we've seen a lot of creativity to go around it, and that's why I'm, I kind of love it. We've seen a lot of creative moves, and this was the first one I thought that wasn't a positive move in this movement. Yeah, well, because the only person, you know, sure, the Braves get, you know, two arms that are probably going to help their their young starting rotation for maybe a year. Right. Whatever, great. Adrian Gonzalez and Matt, Adrian Gonzalez has gotten released already. Matt Kemp's probably not going to see the field for the Dodgers. Because yeah. uh, I uh, I don't really see how you put him in that he's, outfield right he's now. He's not going to want to be on the bench. We all know that. Already. No, no. He, I mean, his numbers on paper look good. His his counting stats, his home runs, his RBIs, whatever. Um, according to Fangraphs, he is the worst defensive uh, outfielder and the worst base runner in the league last year. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow, yes, yes, I love it. The only, yeah, the only disagreement I have with those stats was I saw like Carlos Santana was the first first baseman and Hosmer was last, but I, I don't know. I got I to gotta read more into that. Yeah, stuff. so crazy I mean, stats. yeah, and we can talk about Hosmer in a little bit because I, I do want to talk about him. Um, but Matt Kemp is, is kind of like this guy where – Oh man, his counting stats look good, and then you kind of dig deeper, and it's like, okay, maybe he's not as good as we think he is, and you're not going to put him in that outfield right now because he can't play center. There's no way he's playing center. Right. You're not going to take out who he got a right. You know, maybe you put him in left, but for a team that's contending, I don't think that's a great idea with Matt Kemp. Right. Well, I have a crazy idea for these guys that could help, like Matt Kemp and Adrian Gonzalez. I I had the idea of a salary floor because we have a cap. That really kind of keeps tanking out. We could find a happy number for it because then we'll say they're in smaller markets. And But it, I think fans would enjoy it because I know in places like Oakland and San Diego, if they had to bring in like a Hosmer, someone who's got some name buzz like that, it would kind of prevent the idea of a, a super team in that sense because they're going to have to spread out. And yeah. I mean, some teams might take the penalty and tank, but then they have to answer to their fan base about it. So it puts it more on the... GMs and owners, in my opinion, it's a long way away from any cool. Like I still have my, you know, robot umpires and extended replay stuff, but <laughs> we we can't progress there either yet. So I'm gonna keep my crazy theories coming out. I'm gonna go. My I'm adding it to my list now. So I put salary floor is third on my list. Second, the extended replay. And robot umpires are still first. Okay, so if theoretically speaking, if you were to have a salary floor, yeah, what's the number you put it at? Well, let's see. I, I I think the lowest salary was around forty one million. I think last year, and I'd probably put it at the even fifty just to make them push a little bit more. I mean, just to see how I, I would see how it reacted first for a few years. But I mean, it's it's hard to say that in a sport that you have so many people relying on their jobs for that to experiment. Yeah. But I I think if anyone's below fifty million for twenty five guys and. We're gonna have a guy next year making forty million a year on his own, and Bryce Harper yeah. probably. He shouldn't yeah. be making more than an entire team. That yeah. that would be a little ridiculous it, in it, my mind. It harkens back to the you know uh, the Astros of 2011, 12, and thirteen when they went like a combined one hundred and fifty and 
three seventy five or something. Yeah, something they saved like all that. their money so they could get Brian yeah, McCann you, and you, the, you Justin Verlander. Yeah. Exactly, you avoid this this idea of of a straight up tank. I, I I feel like I feel like that's some certainly something that would be interesting to play into. Uh, you baseball would certainly be the first the first sport to do that. And if they if they did, I mean, I I wish NBA would do it. That seems to be the yeah. sport that needs it the most, but. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be interesting to see you know how creative teams get by staying within this number you yeah. know and uh so with all the crazy ideas i've had let's look at something that'll actually probably happen and what, what's something to look forward to in the rest of the off season eric hosmer signing with the padres <laughs> That's something to look forward to. I mean, they yeah. got to put somebody's poster up there at Petco. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing: is there's still a lot of moves that left to be made. The free, it's not like the free agent market's barren. You know, it's we haven't had that too. many. It's these trade talks that are really dragging it on. I think too. I mean, I... we've heard Zach Granke and Garrett Cole rumors to make mm-hmm. room for the free agent JD Martinez. Yeah. Today, know... today, in fact, was the Garrett Cole, and the only thing that is stopping that. Is the Pirates want a package headlined by Glaber Torres, which they're not getting? I can, tell which you they're not going to get, and the Yankees want that package to be headlined by Clint Frazier, which makes far more sense to me. And I think it helps them anyway. The Pirates, yeah. I mean, they, they say we have too much outfield. Well, that's because McCutcheon's thirty years old. Trade him to the Indians, who are trying to win now. Yeah. Let yeah. McCutcheon and go. <laughs> if anybody has not seen Clint Frazier play, I know he got a little, he got some time, and then got hurt. He has the fastest hands I have ever seen. Yeah, and he would be my great. god. He'd be great for rebuilding for the Pirates. They have a young Gregory Polanco. <sighs> they have He'd a young starting Marte, and then you turn yeah. McCutcheon to the Indians for some. Pro- they have plenty of prospects. The Indians, and they're trying to win now. They need outfield help. Their outfield's always hurt. And it's, yeah, and, and the, the I believe the Pirates' top prospect is another outfielder in Austin Meadows. Yeah, who's who's definitely. been their who's been their top prospect since. Uh, at least 2015, possibly even 2014. Uh, so just thinking of them two together, and they were high school rivals, which is even more fun. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I think it would be a great fit, and I'm surprised. That, that would be that... beautiful with putting maybe Starling Marte or Gregory, Gregory Blanco in center. That's a fun outfield to me. This I whole, enjoy that. This whole prospect thing's really building up because people don't want to give them up, and that's all people want. And you look at things yeah. like back in, the, I'm sure, like five, ten years ago, it would have been pretty easy for us to see like Jacoby Ellsbury go to the Giants or McCutcheon go to the Indians because prospects were more long shots, you know. And then the yeah. Astros came along and showed you that they can all almost almost all hit. Uh, you know, yeah. rest in peace, Mark Appel, right now. But oh my god. I'm, that, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what trades for sign signings. So I could see yeah. like if the D. I, I don't know if JD Martinez is waiting to see what the D backs do with Granky or what. Yeah. I feel like he's already gotten his offers, and um, most most I I know like Matt Adams. I thought we'd see more people signing right before Christmas here, uh-huh. which we might still see because when when those presents start coming out, it's a little different feeling when you don't have a contract yet. And, you know, Matt I Adams think... signs a one year deal with the Nationals, which. He's yeah. gonna get like a hundred at bats, which sucks because I loved him in Atlanta. But different fight for a different day. I think I think the most interesting free agent on the market right now is Lorenzo Kane. I love Kane. Thank you. Thank you. An <laughs> athletic center fielder who is still relatively young in baseball years. Gets on base. Gets on best, base. Steals bags. Hits defense. well. He can fit in just about every team's plans if he really wanted him to. I know it sounds terrible. Brett Gardner's not a center fielder. He's the perfect fit for the Yankees right now, but he won't. Oh, he's a, he's a great fit for the Yankees. But they won't do it. And yeah. 
he's also a great fit for the Giants, which everyone's saying is going to happen. I think the Cardinals with Dexter Fowler, they, they don't really need him as much as people are saying Lorenzo Cain should go to the Cardinals. But I, I think he would be a great leadoff hitter for a team that's just missing. So, like, I'd already talked about McCutcheon to the Indians. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine with Lorenzo Cain, too. I mean, there's a lot of playoff teams that really need a leadoff hitter still. That George Springer type's very hard to find. And mm-hmm. Lorenzo Cain is his own kind of beast in the leadoff spot. So I I would have been on that right away for some of these teams that are close. Absolutely. Even, and, it's, even it's not, and it's not like he's going to cost, you know, a great amount of money either. He probably doesn't get higher than $120 million, I would think. Uh, yeah, I could see him making about I, I, $15 I say, I say he signs for five. Yeah, I say he signs for 5 and 120 That's probably what I'd put in that. But because, you know, he's 31... People maybe teams are going to be less likely to go after maybe, him. Maybe the Phillies will go after him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe teams will be less likely to give that kind of money commitment to a guy who's 31 and, you know, just because of how many bad contracts we've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah, the point for the point for fans is they should be really excited for this new year approaching. I'm, I'm, yeah. I know, I know we I, are. You and I are. Oh, God. This, is, this has been the most fun offseason I, I have had in a – a very very long time. I love the social media really being incorporated this year. I love the rumor mill with trades during the off season. We didn't see as much trades in the off season back a few mm-hmm. years ago, even, and we've yeah. really started to see that blossom ever since. I think it was David Price that really started that. So yeah, and, and I mean, just like some of these GMs, you know, they're getting younger, more technologically savvy. I, a lot of them have Twitter accounts. And a lot of these teams do, you know, ask the GM type stuff. And if you ever get the chance to, to find that on Twitter, it's some really, you know, incredible stuff. Uh, trying to see that stuff. I know, I know Jerry DePoto, the general manager for the Mariners, actually has his own podcast. And I believe he's yeah. the only general manager to do so. It's only like five episodes in. So it's really easy for you guys to catch up if you want to. <laughs> and and try and find the life of, of a GM and, and just try and find some of this stuff out. It's really fascinating. Yeah, his team's got a lot of interesting things going on before we get off topic again. With, uh, it's just weird yeah. that D. Gordon's going to be with Gene Segura. That's just speed on speed on speed. Oh, for a team that doesn't steal that many bases anyway. But they still haven't made the playoffs. That's what I'm always telling Mariners fans. And they still hate me for saying that. But that's that's what it comes down to. Is have you made the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and they got a tough division, Texas and Houston. Yeah, good luck, so. good luck running through that bus on Houston. Well, thanks for coming on, Mark, like always. Thanks, Alex. Always a pleasure coming on. Awesome. Always love having Mark on the show. Make sure to check out the podcast at moosesmulligans.weebly.com for all the latest news and also at facebook.com slash moosesmulligans and twitter.com slash moosesmulligans. It's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Keep up with all the latest news in the show, but I can tell you right here we will be having an episode next Sunday on New Year's Eve, so make sure to tune in for that. Uh, happy holidays to you who celebrate Christmas coming up, and to those who celebrated Hanukkah, I hope you had a great Hanukkah, and coming up, happy Kwanzaa as well. Remember, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Dreisak. We'll see you next week. <laughs>